This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in a tough moment. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. Pompey crowded out to the capital. It's finished here at the Valley. Charlton Athletic nil, Portsmouth nil. But it's not all doom and gloom. With results elsewhere, the Blues end Saturday better than they started, opening up a seven-point gap to second-place Derby County in League One. Between now and seven o'clock, we'll have plenty of interviews on the way as well as guest reaction to Saturday's action. And we'll also hear from defender Joe Rafferty on his thoughts on this weekend's match. It was a battle in the end. Um, it turned into a bit of a battle, which, you know, was probably entertaining in part. Um, I think that that's what probably they wanted. As well as Joe Rafferty, we'll also hear from head coach uh, John Massinho on uh, why Saturday's result is not all doom and gloom. I think it'll be a good point if we go and follow it up with well, obviously what we need to do over the next 11 games, but particularly with the home game coming up on Saturday. And from Portsmouth men to Portsmouth women, it's been a fantastic weekend for both sides in prospect. Jay Sadler's team heading up to St James's Park yesterday afternoon for an FA Women's National League Cup semi-final with Newcastle United. However, late heartbreak on Tyneside means the Blues exit the competition for a second year running in the final four floated right to the feet of Barker. It's unlocked the door for Newcastle. Barker can cross in towards Gibson. Surely now they'll find the winner, and perhaps they have. In the 90th minute, Georgia Gibson has nodded it down into the bottom right, so Newcastle United might just have stolen their way to the final. Reaction to that game to come with the thoughts of head coach Jay Sadler too. Tough to take, obviously, losing it so late on. I think when you look at the game as a whole, players can be extremely proud of the performance that they gave. Thank you for joining us here on 93.7 Express FM, where you're listening to The Football Hour. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Yeah, good evening. Welcome to the latest edition of the Football Hour, brought to you, as you've just heard there, by Stagecoach across the South. Well, welcome to the show. We are very pleased to have you with us through until 7 o'clock this evening, which is when we hand over to the Soft Rock Show with Jeff Dorsett. But before then, plenty of Pompey talk to bring you here on the Football Hour. We'll have a full review of both games we just had the absolute privilege of covering over the course of a weekend just gone, including reaction to Saturday's goalless draw for Portsmouth men at Charlton and yesterday's late defeat for the Pompey women in Newcastle in the National League Cup. And as ever, Blues fans, this here is the opportunity for you to have your say. Let us know all of your thoughts. Send a text to 81400, starting with the word express. Email Pompey at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm on x, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or the best way to reach us is through the Express FM app on which you can even send us a voice note if you fancy it, available to download for free from the Apple app and Google Play stores. John Massinho named an unchanged starting 11 at Charlton on Saturday from a side that beat Reading by four goals to one a week prior and the Blues went into the game off a back of seven unbeaten and four straight wins. Live in the commentary box at the Valley was former Pompey striker and manager Guy Whittingham alongside Andy Moon. Every kick left a great delivery. Every goal curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, and I believe it! Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey! On Express FM. Pompey going from right to left. We are sat in the West Stand. 
And we are about to get this game underway. Charlton trying to break forward. They've got the ball in the box. There's a chance for Cardo. And he's hit the post. And Norris gathers. And a massive let off in two and a half minutes for Pompey. It's still 0 0. I thought that was heading in. Yes, it looked like he didn't strike it properly. Oh, and now there's danger at the other end as Kamara drives forward. And Kamara's fouled. And the referee says play on. And Bishop's shot is saved. And Lane can't get there. And Moxon shows good skill. And Moxon hits a volley and it's tipped over the bar. What an effort. Corner kick. Charlton worked this nicely over towards the right-hand side. Watson chance across in the box into a dangerous area. And Charlton missed a glorious chance. And I think Carnu and May got in each other's way. Nil-nil. Small to deliver it back in the box. It's not a good delivery, but it falls nicely for Charlton. And there's a chance for Charlton. And Norris saves initially. And he can't get the second one. It's still there. And it's half cleared. Jones back in the box. Pompey not away yet. Bishop with a risky challenge. No foul given. Goal kick. Spark steps up to deliver. It's whipped and instead just claws it away. And Raggett was coming in trying to like head that. the rebound in. It's a corner. It was close, wasn't it? Lots of movement all in the six-yard box. That's got to be where it's coming. Whipped towards the far post. Instead doesn't get there. Bishop does. Shot across goal and cleared. Pompey so close. Piat Harris recycles the ball and Pompey send it back to Rafferty. As Yengi, can he find Piat Harris? And Piat Harris is away here for Pompey. And this is a good run from Piat Harris. And he's got a chance in the area. And it's a good challenge. And he's won the ball. Pat, long throw into a dangerous area. Raggett's there. Loose in the penalty area. Shockness sees left footed volley is wide. It was just a hurried effort. And that's the final act of the game. And Shockness looks to the sky because he's had half a chance. And he couldn't convert it in stoppage time and Portsmouth's winning run comes to an end. It's finished here at the Valley, Charlton Athletic nil, Portsmouth nil. All the unmissable action, Pompey Live on Express FM. The highlights you just heard there of Portsmouth's nil-nil draw with Charlton Athletic at the Valley on Saturday afternoon. But it's not all doom and gloom, as we heard from John Massino in that intro there, because results elsewhere mean that Pompey's lead at the top of League One is extended from six to seven points. We'll come onto the table in just a moment. Results elsewhere include Cambridge United nil, uh, Peterborough one in the early kickoff on Saturday. Barnsley 2-1 victors over Derby County. Blackpool, 4-1 winners over Bolton Wanderers. Bristol Rovers 2, Carlisle United 1, Burton Albion 0, Northampton 2, Exeter City 1, Fleetwood 1, Oxford United 1, Leighton Orient 2, Port Vale 0, Lincoln City 2, Reading 2, Shrewsbury Town 3 and Stevenage 1. Wickham Wanderers nil. So, looking at the League One table as things stand then. Pompey unbeaten in their last eight league matches. They are now on 73 points as things stand. Derby County in second position on 66 points. Now seven points behind the Blues with one game in hand. Bolton Wanderers have two games in hand on Pompey. Also on 66 points down in third. So, two games in hand. It's a retrospective six points on the board. If they win both of them, they are still behind Pompey by a singular point. Barnsley are fourth on 63 points, Peterborough fifth on 59 after their first win in six matches. Oxford United make up the playoff positions despite defeat on Saturday afternoon. Stevenage and Blackpool just outside and uh, creeping up on the U's. Down at the bottom, another defeat for Carlisle United means they are still on 20 points and only four wins in the season. Fleetwood, Port Vale and Cheltenham Town join uh, Carlisle in the relegation zone as things stand. Well, I'm very delighted to say that alongside us this evening to talk all about the weekend's action, we've got a, a, a very familiar face and a very familiar voice, if you're listening on the radio, of course. Uh, it's Mr Tom Chappell. Voice for, face for radio. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. That's what he's trying to say, everyone. <laughs> I'm the same, mate, don't worry. How are we? Very well, lovely to see you. You've had a busy weekend, haven't you? Yes, I've um, barely slept. Yeah, I'm running off dust. I don't but, know. but you've made it. I've made which it. Which is impressive. Yes. So well done, you. Thank you. It was not Luckily, Charlton on Saturday, Saturday wasn't too far away. No, if it had been like, I suppose Carlisle would have been even closer to Newcastle, though, wouldn't it? So even if it was further away. If it was Carlisle, mate, I think I would have stayed over. Did you not, <laughs> did you not stay in London? No. You came back? No, oh, we came word. back Saturday night and, and then went, went up to Newcastle. Uh, 4.30 alarm, Sunday morning. God, you love it, don't you? Yeah, we love it. Got back at one o'clock this morning. Work at eight as well. Brilliant. Wouldn't change it for the Soldier. Well. Just a shame, of course, to naff results. Hmm. But in hindsight, in retrospect, probably not. Well, it's not the end of the world for both Pompey's men and uh, women. We'll um, come on to talk about the latter later on in this evening's show with the post-match thoughts of Jay Sadler as well. But also joining us on the Footblower tonight, uh, we have uh, Mr Mark McGee uh, returning to the show. Mark, a very good evening to yourself. Hi, Jay. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for calling in tonight. Mark is calling in over the powers of the internet this evening. Mark, we'll start off with um, Saturday's goalless draw at the Valley for, for John Messino's side. And... Um, Unbeaten in eight, a first draw after four consecutive wins. Um, I guess you can't win more, can you? No, no, you can't. And uh, I think, to be honest, um, I think we, our record recently has been brilliant, in all fairness. Um, I, th- I think, what is it, it's been sort of eight matches now. We've won six of those. We've, we've drawn the other two. I mean, that form is still frighteningly good, to be honest. So, um, yeah. Look, we're, we're by far the best team in the league right now, and that form goes to show that we we definitely are. Mm. And Charlton Athletic, Tom, not a side we particularly like playing, um, especially at home, of course. Um, four wins out of the last seven trips to the Valley prior to Saturday. That's now four wins um, in eight. So it's not actually a bad record no. away at Charlton, but nonetheless, they are always, no matter where they are in the division, a very difficult team to come up against, and particularly on Saturday off the back of a free-all draw with Bolton as well Nathan Jones in the dugout, there are a lot of factors behind that. Yeah, I'm, I'm got a feeling that was our fifth attempt at beating Charlton of late and we still didn't manage it, so um, although, you know, whichever way you look at the stats, I think by and large, all Pompey fans would agree that although the record at the Valley is not quite as bad as it is at Fratton Park against Charlton, plenty of people have said to me in the last couple of days since the game that actually being unbeaten against Charlton in a season, could this be the year? That's the kind of thing that people are saying because of how poor that record's been. I believe it's now the first season we've been unbeaten against Charlton, both home and away since the 2020-21 season. So that's a little bit of heart to take. Had we won at the weekend, I think a lot of people would have been under the belief and and sort of maybe moved over to the thinking of, yeah, this is really it. This is going to be it now. Uh, Wasn't to be the case. And perhaps it'd be a little bit more excitement in the studio and around the city of Portsmouth this week if we had done. But I think a point away at Charlton, given the results you outlined before we got going on tonight's show as well, not a bad point. Not a bad point, um, especially in the end of the season. You, you think back to um, Barnet away in 2017, time I know different circumstances, Connor Chaplin's late um, equaliser mm. there. Uh, and after that match, I remember you know many people excited, of course, to get the late equaliser, but also very frustrated to only draw against a, a team like Barnet who weren't really putting up trees that season. Same mm. with Charlton. But come the end of the season, um, not conceding towards the end of the game because Charlton had their, their chances too, could be, could be pivotal. Uh, Mark, you know, from a fan's perspective, Yes, a point of Saturday could have been free, could have been none. With Derby and Bolton losing, do you think it's a missed opportunity to go nine clear, or are you just happy to 
extend that lead no matter what the circumstances were. Yeah, I mean, obviously it would have been great to win, but I mean, um, yeah, like Tom said there, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a point in the valley, which is something that we don't get very often. It's a clean sheet in the valley as well. And obviously with the other teams dropping points, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating, but I think to be honest, um, yeah, like I say, just, just go back to my original point, which is eight games unbeaten, six, six mm. games. We won all those eight games. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm just pleased with the momentum we're, we're keeping together at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. Um, ben Knappman, a good friend of ours and, and yours as well, Tom Knappers yep. on Twitter. Um, he, he likes to, uh, of late, this uh, points per game ratio. He does. Um, after every single match day on a Saturday night. And um, after Saturday's action, the updated points per game based upon averages and expectancy uh, for the end of the season, Pompey would be top of the league. They would win League One on 98.57 points, so maybe round it up to 99 points. Bolton, 92 points in second. Derby, 89.29 points in third position. Barnsley in fourth place. Uh, down at the bottom, you'd have Carlisle, Fleetwood, Portvale and Charlton relegate to League 2 mm. based upon current form and that points per game expectancy um, just goes to show Tom that the the course of the season the way it's panned out we had that sort of dip in the Christmas New Year period but overall to be an, on an expected 98.57 points you've got to give so much credit to John Masidio and Richard Hughes for, for putting this team together yeah massively and Nappers does that every week and it, it always makes for good reading it's been uh, and I told, he, told him I was on your show tonight Jake so I'm sure the boys will be listening <laughs> so up the tea lot but yeah no I think the the thing with it is the, the points per game average we've been looking at it over the course of the season on mm. four and written all over it that sort of end goal game has always been in my mind 92 93 94 that in recent weeks has actually come down to automatic promotion probably expected to be around the 90 mark now given the yeah. the points that have been lost elsewhere so for us to be on course for as you mentioned there 98 i mean that's that's absolutely fantastic i don't think it's going to be 98 i don't actually think we're going to need 98 no. i think probably 90 uh, sort of early 90s will probably do it and I said in my video on the way out of the valley six wins will probably get Pompey into the championship <sighs> which is scary I'm not saying that so, is a given but that's yeah. probably what we're talking now out of the next what 11 games yeah 73 points on board 11 games to go uh, I think 90 points will do it yeah. as you say um, that's 17 points away yeah six wins um, out of 11 games. It sounds easy, doesn't it? Well, it does. When you think about going to Bolton and going to Peterborough, Pompey don't necessarily need to win those games. Take something from both those games, mm. even maybe take nothing from one of them and take a little bit from the other. And as things stand, and we don't know what's going to happen to the Barnsley game at Fratton Park, that is during the international break, yes. Pompey might not have enough international call-ups due to injuries. Barnsley may. So that 50, might 50, get rescheduled, yeah. I reckon, until potentially the last midweek of the mm. season so but as things stand the current schedule would have Bolton away as the third to last game of the season Pompey are currently seven points clear if they can maintain that kind of level until the end of, you know, between now and Bolton away that Bolton away match could secure promotion live on Express FM of course of course of course yes it could it very much could and I would Thank imagine you that's okay you're very welcome <laughs> always house style and all that it's got to be done <laughs> we'll have you on more often well please do I'm, all, I'm always around mate you know I am um, but we don't have many 4-0s at the minute we keep throwing them away no so this is why I've got you on for a 0-0 yeah that's fine yeah. no worries yeah no I'd um, be interested to hear what Mark's got to say on it as well and that one will probably move I would imagine the Sky cameras will want to be on, all mm -hmm. over that one Bolton yeah. Pompey so uh, keep your f hotels on flexi Pompey fans if you're listening nice Monday night I reckon it's either Saturday lunchtime Saturday yeah. evening or Monday evening yeah, yeah you're right yeah 
Mark, your thoughts on that Bolton away the prospect of securing promotion there? That'd be quite some, quite some day out or night out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would. I mean, it'd be a wonderful way to do it, and you know, it would be a proper sort of fairy tale way to do it, in, in my opinion. But you know what? Um, at this point, um, I can romanticise about that result all day long, <laughs> but I'm I'm just enjoying the fact that, like you guys have just been speaking about there, like we're you know we're, we're not living in like a world where we're sort of uh, creating hypothetical scenarios that could affect us we're living in a world where six wins like you know it's it's crazy to think that after these eight seasons of being frustrated constantly constantly and picking up form and dropping off we're now in a position where you know even if Bolton do win their two games in hand they're still behind us yeah um you know we've got some comfort and at this stage of the season and the form that we're in um yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird reality we're living in where we're having these conversations and it's not just a, you know, like a hypothetical scenario. It's, it's, it's a real life potential. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, I'd, I'd take it at any stage. At Bolton away would be wonderful. It would be a bloody messy day for the fans and the players, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, um, I'd, I'd, take, I'd take it anywhere in the moment. I suppose we can't be fussy, can we? Can't no. be fussy. Uh, tell you what, I'm getting excited. You're wincing every time <sighs> me and Mark have said six wins from the championship. I wish we had cameras in here for people to see. <sighs> it just doesn't sound like much, does it? And it's not. No. 73 points on the board. We're so close. So, so, so close. Somebody, I'm sure, who will be maybe a little bit more grounded at the moment. Blues defender Joe Rafter. He spoke on the touchline after Saturday's game to Max Watson. Rafter, a nil-nil draw at the Valley. What's your take on it? Yeah, it was a... It was a battle in the end, um, turned into a bit of a battle, um, which, you know, was probably entertaining in part. Um, I think that that's what probably they wanted. Um, we couldn't probably quite get the ball down enough and, and work our way forward. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a good point. We've been on a really good run. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good point going into the next game. Like you said, turned into a bit of a battle. Does that make it even more pleasing, the fact that you got the clean sheet in the end? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're, we're up for any battle um, up and down the league, so we're prepared for, for everything that's going to get thrown at us. Um, you know, when when you are top of the league, teams do everything they can to beat you or take points off you, and that that's football, so there's going to be plenty of games that are going to be like that um, now to the end of the season, so we've just got to try and show a little bit more quality in the final third to get us over the line. What did the gaffer say to you all at the break after sort of a, a fairly even first half? He just said, just just try and settle down, play our football, um, work it out to our danger men and go from there. Basically, it's just a similar message to to what we get most games. Um, you know, going in nil nil so at half times a decent result, um, a decent start. So I know they had a couple of chances, so did we. So we were just hoping that one would fall in, and today it didn't. Like you said earlier, we just didn't have that sort of clinical touch in the end. What do you sort of put that down to as sort of whilst you whilst you're out there on the pitch? I think just sometimes it, it doesn't go in. Um, you know, we we had a chance early doors, um with Langi with a header and then we had Paddy at the bar. Um and especially when, you know, they they, they turn into a back five, you know, they have three centre halves in the middle of, in the middle of the box, three, three big ones. Um and that's where you know we have to be a little bit more patient in, in them areas and work the ball, move them side to side. And um, there was part, there was some parts there where we rusted a little bit. Um, but you know we're not we're not going to score every week, and if we don't score, we've got to make sure that we don't lose the game. And yeah, we kept a clean sheet and a, a good clean sheet. 
So you mentioned earlier, sort of about backing this up now. How motiva motivated are you all to, to do that now? Yeah, we're you know we're, we're as motivated as every single game. We we know that we're in a brilliant position. Um, you know, at the end of February, um, it's a fantastic position, and we're all determined as as each other, um, players, staff, staff all around the place to to go and get the job done. And you know, that going into the next game, it, it's another massive game, and there's, there's 11 massive games left, and we've just got to keep building on it and keep keep running the results out. Just finally, a word on the supporters. How good were they today? More than 3,000 of them in the away end over there. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it looked look carnage out there at times. Um, you know, we, I, I think we, we ran, out of, ran out of words to say about the supporters. I think they've been all season absolutely fantastic. They've stuck with us when things haven't gone our way um, and really got behind us when things have gone our way. So, you know, they, they've been absolutely brilliant all season and I, I think they know that. The thoughts there of defender Joe Rafferty after Saturday's 0-0 draw with Charlton Athletic up in the big smoke. Right, we're going to get more thoughts from both Tom Chappell and Mark McGee when the footballer returns after this short break. And we're also going to hear from head coach John Senior. The recovering tackle was brilliant from the Charlton defender. Really, really good tackle. So one of those things, that was probably our best opening of the game. We created a few from set pieces as well. If I slotted and nestled in the back of the net, I don't think there would be any complaints about the result. But you know, we'd come here, keep that clean sheet. That was the most important thing as well, to not then go go down the other end and concede because we had our heads on the ground. Reaction from the gaffer to come when the footballer returns after this. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Go by bus, go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome back along to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. You join us this evening for analysis and reaction to Saturday's stalemate for Pompey's men at Charlton and yesterday's gut-wrenching defeat for Pompey's women away at St James's Park. We'll come on to the latter a little later on. But first, back to Mark McGee and Tom Chappell, our two guests on the show tonight. And uh, Mark, we heard before the break from John Messina, a little teaser clip ahead of a post-match interview. We're going to hear from him very, very shortly, talking about the opportunity Pompey had on the 80 Eighth minute, Mars Pitt Harris was put through by Cassini Yengi, but for a last ditch challenge from defender Lloyd Jones, um, denying him and Pompey the opportunity to take the lead at the Valley. Um, that opportunity very late on in a game of you know such magnitude because every match between now and the end of the season, quite frankly, has that sort of magnitude. Um, you, you do wonder how things could have been um, if Pitt Harris maybe just took one less touch and, and put that in, in, into the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, I think there was a lot of chances in the game where we maybe should have taken the lead or could have taken the lead. Um, and to put the pressure on Mars Pite Harris uh, to score that winning goal, uh, it's probably a lot to ask of him considering he's not really had a consistent run in the side for the last few games. Um, and uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't that upset about the missed chance. I mean, like I say, the Paddy Lane header and the Canham, Canham Lang header in the first half, two really good opportunities there where you could argue that either side of the keeper Callum Lang probably would have buried that 
chance. Um, and yeah, Charlton did frustrate us in a number of ways. You know, they they, they maybe didn't sort of provoke a lot up front, but uh, they, they, we we just couldn't find that final gear. And and you know what, we we didn't miss any glaring opportunities. I didn't think other than those two chances there. And it was a good recovery challenge from the defender. But all, all in all, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm happy of a clean sheet and a point to be honest. It's one of those matches, Tom, where for maybe 60 seconds or so after the final whistle went, yeah, head down a little bit, a little bit frustrated, nil-nil draw away from home, especially with the, the other results as well. But I actually got over it pretty quickly because of how you know, four wins in a row prior to that. And maybe you do take a step back and still appreciate the fantastic opportunity Pompey in. Yeah, we all had that 60 seconds in the away end as well, I think. But then you kind of look at it and you think, well, we're not going to win every game for the rest of the season, are we? And we've already mentioned how we're, we're not far off it. And, and you need to have your, your peaks and troughs, don't you, in a season? It's not going to be 100% relentless all the time because we'll, we'll probably overdo it. And you're talking about the goal on the Mars pit, Harris chance. Breaking at speed and punishing teams has become a real byproduct of Pompey goals recently, hasn't yeah, it? And yeah. the, the good, strong team-related goals from range have displaced those tap-ins from a few weeks or months ago that we were not reliant on, but we probably had too many of. I, I thought, we all thought we were going to see another one of those when Marvel's pit Harris was through. I know it's not technically a one-on-one, but he's still got plenty to do and couldn't execute. But there was kind of a, a chat after the game heading out. Had that been Paddy Lane? Had that been mm. maybe even Colby Bishop? Had that been Callum Lang? Would the experience and, and maybe the the confidence in front of goal superseded what happened to Peter Harris? But then, as John's about to discuss, I'm sure we'll hear from him that it's a really, really well-timed challenge. So yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic You challenge. can't really have any qualms about it. It's just a shame that it, it's those defining moments, isn't it? A second or two earlier, and that's 1-0 Pompey. Happy days. We all go home with mm. smiles on our faces, Jake. And it's one of those days, isn't it, Mark? Because from a Pompey perspective, it wasn't by any stretch of imagination a, a poor performance. Probably not the same kind of levels we've seen in recent weeks against Northampton Town, Cambridge and Reading alike. But it was one of those days where we mentioned at the top of the show Charlton off the back of a 3-3 draw with Bolton Wanderers, who of course are up there and fighting for automatic promotion. They held Pompey on Saturday with Nathan Jones in the dugout. Maybe he had a bit of inspiration to try and jeer the team up and, and, and they have been playing better under Nathan Jones despite not actually having secured a win yet. Sometimes, Mark, you do have to look at the other team and say, do you know what? You defended really well. You made it difficult for Pompey. You had a game plan. It just wasn't our day. We move on to Oxford and hopefully get a response from it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mean, I think the way we're reacting to the 0-0 draw at Charlton says a lot about our season and the standards that we have set finally um you know because you know for seasons gone by Charlton have always been a very competitive side and I think in any other season we'd be talking about a nil-nil draw at the valley at this stage of the season as a, as a point well well deserved and well picked up so I think we, we we're guilty of setting really high standards for ourselves and I, and I think you know going to the valley at this stage of the season on the form that Charlton are on and the, the you know the, the position they're in and and, and the sort of worrying scenario they face I mean to get a draw and a clean sheet from a side that are, that are you know scrapping and, and fighting for their for their lives to survive in this league to be honest in my opinion I think you've got to look at that as a, as a point well gained and yeah like I say we've set really high standards now so there is going to be that 60 seconds like you say of um, mm. sort of maybe some some disappointment but yeah, that, we, uh, that just goes to show what, what how, how high our bar is now for our team. 
Easy to focus, Tom, of course, on the missed opportunity at the end. There were plenty of missed opportunities for Pompey in that game. It's not just singling out Mars Peter Harris, who, by the way, it's great to see him back in a Pompey shirt after mm. a week out with that uh, suspected groin injury. Luckily for Pompey, very minor. Um, great to see him back, but also very wasteful for, for both teams. Um, one of those matches where Pompey's defence also had to be on the top of their game. Connor Shocknessy battling throughout the entire game with, I don't know if he had a cut nose, he was bleeding quite quite a bit. He had to have two different shirt changes. Um, Connor Ogilvy brought himself off in the second half after a, 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 a concussion. As again, we'll hear from John Mourinho. But you, you can't fault the effort from the entire team nope. from front to back. And on a day yeah, in front of goal, probably not as potent as we have been in recent weeks at the back, certainly to keep out a, a threatening Charlton side has to be commended. Yeah, and you'll we'll hear from John in a moment, but that was very much precautionary, I think, on, on the Conor Rogel v1. Yeah, it, yeah, I was saying before the game, Charlton under Nathan Jones were a different beast. So I, I don't think we should have been, and, and I don't think we can assess it post-match and say that, oh, yeah, Charlton's run's been dreadful. How, how have we not done better there? But actually, in the three, four games that Nathan Jones has had, speaking to Charlton fans before the game, they've massively improved performance levels. Nathan Jones has given the group of players at Charlton a reason to fight for the shirt, and he's gone, you know what, you put yourselves in this position, but we've still yeah. got time to get ourselves out of it. And you could see that yesterday. From our point of view, yeah, brilliant defensively we were wasteful we couldn't really see it from the away end but Paddy Lane hit the crossbar in the first did, half yeah. and there were plenty of upper opportunities uh, but I thought it was David Norris dropping down with snow on it from Owen Moxon at one point <laughs> as well that was almost something spectacular obviously probably a couple of yards to the right but it had similar vibes we're cool. approaching David Norris day as well I know I so, celebrate that religiously yeah. David Norris day as I hope many people do yeah, listening um, but and maybe the the underlying highlight of our defensive display on Saturday, Jake, was the fact that mm. that's now 16 clean sheets, 1-6 for Pompey. That's two more than any other League yeah. One side this season so far. So, yeah, a lot of credit to be given there. We've been speaking about John Massino quite a lot and we've heard plenty from Mark and Tom so far. And we caught up before the break with Joe Rafferty, but it is now time to take a listen to what the Blues head coach had to say after the final whistle in South East London. Andy Moon first asked the Blues boss for his assessment. I think it's, it'll be a good point if we go and follow it up with um, well, obviously what we need to do over the next 11 games, but particularly with a home game coming up on Saturday. I said to the lads after the Oxford game when we, we drew two all and it felt like we were really, really disappointed with that off the back of being 2-1 up and, and controlling the game. And I said to them, you know, the, the only way this is a good point away from home is if you go and follow it up with a win against Northampton at the weekend, which they, which they did. So I think it's the uh, sort of same message again. You come away from home, you draw nil-nil in a side that I think we, we probably should have won. And and I think, yeah, we take that, um, dust ourselves off, and then we've got to go again next weekend. A game where there was loads of chances at the start and they just seemed to sort of slowly dry up as the game went on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Charlton pressed really well. They had a load of energy. They've got some really good players to bring off the bench and I'm, I'm sure they're a, a side that will cause plenty of teams problems, especially when they play here. And we saw last week they took a point off Bolton up at their place and that's no easy, no easy feat by any stretch of the imagination. So I think the yeah the game was, it was difficult for me to sort of summarise. I didn't bother doing it in the change room. I need to go and actually watch it first and and get a sort of grasp of what I thought it was. But it became a bit frantic in the second half, and that was defensively and on the ball as well. But I thought once we settled ourselves down the last 20 minutes and obviously made the changes, we looked like the more likely side to go and win the game and created a couple of really good opportunities. And I think the goalkeeper made a couple of good saves. A great challenge from Macaulay Gillespie as Miles Peter Howard just couldn't quite get that shot off. Yeah, I think he probably thought he had a bit more time than he actually did because he accelerated over the first five yards really well, took a couple of yards out of both of those defenders, and then was just composing himself, I think, ready for the finish. And unfortunately, 
the, the recovering tackle was brilliant from the Charlton defender. Really, really good tackle. So one of those things, that was probably our best opening of the game. We created a few from set pieces as well. And if I slotted and nestled in the back of the net, I don't think there would be any complaints about the result. But you know, we'd come here, keep that clean sheet. That was the most important thing as well, to not then go down the other end and concede because we had our heads on the ground. And we saw the game out pretty well being the more attacking side. Yeah, the change is really to go for it. And they just got a little bit more defensive as the game went on. Yeah, and, and that's probably a reflection of where the two sides are in the league. There's no issue with that whatsoever. And that was our thought process after about 60 minutes. We thought that we could make those attacking changes without losing our shape. And it's obviously great to be able to do that and play Cassini and Colby up top together, be able to bring Miles on and have a really um, you know, sort of fresh impetus into the side. So I think it was one of those we clearly, everybody saw that, we clearly wanted to go and win the game. That's why we, we brought the other centre forward on and I thought we nearly did it. Uh, how's Conor Ogilvy? Yeah, he's, he's OK. He's just taken a, a, a knock to the head. It's, it's not concussion, but um, we just wanted to make sure that uh, he was OK and protected him. And also, it's a nice um, option to have Sparksy coming on and, um, and making a difference as well. Quite a shock because he took a few blows as well. Yeah, um, I think he's, he's managed to sort of cut his nose and that was obviously just kept bleeding and kept bleeding, but he, he battled on, to be fair to him, and we know everything about Connor from his performances this year and how much of a warrior he is, so fair play to him because he got on with it and kept patching himself up and we kept sticking about out there against a side who were pretty direct and we had to deal with a lot of their threats. Uh, Tom Larry, we've seen the specialist now, what's the latest with him? It, it's it's pretty good news I think so it's not a T-junction injury which was this is what I've been, um, the, the technical terms, uh, which is what kept him out last season and so we're looking at about six weeks from the time of injury so I nearly would have taken I think a couple of those out by Tuesday and it's, it's something obviously we're going to have to be cautious with when we do have that return to training and return to games with Tom but I think there was an initial fear when we had to go and see the specialist about the not the severity of the tear but the location of the injury that it might be a bit longer so and it's never nice that we've got players injured but that was a pretty good result I thought. So it could be back maybe the Easter weekend that, that sort of area? Yeah I, I think so and again we, we will be cautious with Tom because of what's happened in the past but I think it's good news that we're going to have him back before the end of the season. Yep, very good news uh, from John Messino there speaking after the final whistle on Saturday afternoon at the Valley. So, as we mentioned, 11 games left for Pompey this season. The next take on Oxford United at Fratton Park this coming Saturday, um, looking to make it uh, nine unbeaten and hopefully get up to 76 points in the league. There are some games taking place tomorrow evening in League One. Some big games as far as Pompey are concerned as well. Another game in hand for both Derby and Bolton Wanderers. Of course, Derby have got only one game in hand on Pompey. This is it. They take on none other than Charlton Athletic. Tom, who taking points of Bolton and Pompey, we can very well do with them doing us a favour on Tuesday night. That Nathan Jones win, that elusive Nathan Jones win has got to come at some point, it's hasn't come, it? Yeah. So, I mean, Derby off the back of what will be really disappointing for them, a sold-out away into Oakwell, very mm. expectant crowd, and, and it just didn't quite um, end up that way, did it? So, yeah, I, I think Derby will be down in the dumps a little bit and, and had plenty of conversations in the last couple of weeks and months and people saying, oh, Bolton are going to win the league, oh, Derby <laughs> going to win the league. And I'm a bit like, well... There aren't any out, like, outstanding candidates to win this division. Mm. It's very much ours to lose. And it, I asked a mate of mine, Dan, who was in the away end with on Saturday, I said, so who do you think is going to win the league? He said, well, Bolton aren't and Derby aren't. Cause... <laughs> and I was like, well, there's only really one answer then, isn't it? You're there? too afraid to say Pompey, but... Well, you're too afraid because we have been in this posi- we haven't been in this position in terms of how 
what a good position we're in having it in our hands as well as we do Mm. and it actually hasn't been as in our hands as it was or has been after the game on Saturday for a little while has it I don't have we been seven points clear in league one this season not with not well no I don't think so in terms, we, well, we, we've had eight, an eight point, nine point. Game we've up, had eight in terms of very early days. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Have, we haven't been in a, in a strong enough position as this for for quite some time, have we? But yeah, no. We it's exciting to think that by the time Friday night football hour comes around, mm-hmm. six o'clock Friday yeah. night, come and tune in. <laughs> could be in an even stronger position heading into Oxford, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Like the, the games, although they could go against us and yeah. it could be a tighter gap. But you just imagine sit here, be what. I don't know. It'd still be good. still be seven points. Still be seven points, but it would be those games in hand would have been caught up, wouldn't they? Mm. That is a massive game. And bolted away at Wigan as well. A, a bit of a derby. Two, two, Not massive. Yeah, two mm. fan bases don't particularly like each other. Anything can happen at a derby. Beaten four 0 last time, didn't they, Wigan? Did they? Mm. Well, there you go then. Early on in the season. Four 0 written over it. That's what yeah. you want. I always remember them, mate. That's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They stick yeah. in my mind. It got them in a the bank. Um, we're going to get more from Tom, and of course, going to reintroduce Mark back into the conversation uh, in the next and the final part of the Footblower this evening, where we're also going to hear from Blues head coach, Pompey women's head coach, Jay Sadler, after a heartbreaking defeat to the Newcastle United women at St James's Park yesterday afternoon. First ten minutes, we were lively. We got the ball down. We played. We played through them. Um, we got pressure on their back line, and, and, and I think we, we introduced ourselves into the game really well. Do stick with us as we move on to go over yesterday's defeat for Jay Sadler's side up in the North East and the final thoughts of Mark and Tom too. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Knight Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Hello there and welcome back for the final time this evening to the Footblower here on 93.7 Express FM, local radio in Portsmouth, with local voices on hand to provide you tuning in with the latest news, reviews and opinion on everything Pompey related. If you are just joining us, welcome along. But where have you been? We are uh, off air in just over 15 minutes time where Jeff Dorset returns with the Soft Rock Show. But if you have missed any of tonight's show, don't worry too much. We'll have the upload of this episode available, available to download and stream through wherever it is you get your podcast from as well as of course the express fm app moving on then now to the uh, pompey women the blues embarked upon a mammoth journey up to tyneside yesterday to take on newcastle united in the fa national league cup semi-final with a place up for grabs in the final at kenilworth road and luton jay sadler named an unchanged side from the sunday previous where at wesley park they were seven nil victors over chatham town in the league the only change was annie rolf coming onto the bench to replace tierney scott we proudly presented full coverage of the game at st james's park including our very own commentary tune. Thank you very much uh, if you did join us for that one yesterday afternoon. We had an absolute blast despite the result. I was up there in the commentary box at St James's Park alongside Matt Drabble to call all of the action in the North East. All the unmissable action. Oh, I don't believe it! Pompey Live! What a moment for Pompey! On Express.
Express FM. And with one swing of Lita Rutherford's boot, this historic fixture is underway. Keeps it in play long enough to allow a cross in towards Paige Bailey Gale. And she'll nod another one over the top for Newcastle. The chances are building for the home side. And if anyone you'd back to put a header from six yards away in the back of the net, it would be Paige Bailey Gale, but it's over the top and behind. Five black and white shirts in the penalty area. It's an outswinging delivery from the right into the edge of the six-yard box. Headers go up. Hannah Horton punches clear from her goal line. Hung up towards the left wing, brought down by Sophie Quirk. One-on-one -on -one against Greenwood, in behind for Emma Jones. Flag staying down for now. Emma Jones, right side of the penalty area, shifts it back, looking for Rowbottom. Might find instead Georgie Freeland. Freeland forces a fantastic save from Grace Donnelly, tipping it over the bar. It was lashed off the laces of Georgie Freeland. It was central, but it had to be stopped by Donnelly. And Donnelly called into action for the first time today. Curled wide to Barker, acres of green grass for Barker to run into here. Barker one-on-one -on -one with Lane, looking for a chance on her right foot. It's Barker, it's blocked, it might run for Dodds. Dodds right side of the penalty area with options waiting in the middle. Bailey Gale's one of them, good first touch. Can she finish with the second? Not this time. And frantically, Portsmouth scramble it away. It'll be Newcastle United to get the second half underway in their black and white shirts going from my left to my right. Not too much to aim at in the middle. Reva Castley will let it bounce. That could prove risky. And across comes a clearance. Now it's struck towards goal by McQuaid. Clangs off the top of the crossbar. Tyler Dodds to take an outswinger. Portsmouth defending zone Lee inside their six-yard box. Again, it's deep towards the back post. Headed right across the face of goal and in. Newcastle have broken the deadlock in the semi-final. It's the centre-back Charlotte Potts heading it back across goal and into the bottom right from the left-hand side of the penalty area. It's Newcastle United 1, Portsmouth nil. Portsmouth never got set in this second half, partly down to injuries, partly down to Newcastle United's brilliant pressure. And finally, it's that pressure that pays off, Jake. Freeland on the half turn. Nice turn from her into Robottom. Through it goes. Emma Jones, one-on-one -on -one with Donnelly. Lifted over Donnelly. Honours even again for Portsmouth. Emma Jones stealing in behind. Chips it over the outstretched arms of Grace Donnelly. It's Newcastle United 1, Portsmouth 1. We're level in the semi-final again. Here's Izzy Collins, loses out to Bailey Gale. That could be costly, aims to the 18-yard box. It stops for Newcastle, options left and right, tries to go alone, laid off for Gibson, struck off the bar by Barker, still alive in the 18-yard box. Newcastle pounding on the door, but it won't open. Another chance for Gibson, into Bailey Gale, down on the chest, back to goal, lovely footwork, good-looking strike, Horton saves in the bottom right and just about keeps it out for the Blues. Georgia Gibson launching another one now. Bailey Gale's effort to flex. It's off the crossbar for a third time today. Out to Dodds. Horton smothers. Three times the woodwork has denied Newcastle United in this second half. That perhaps the greatest chance of them all. Wonderful diagonal, floated right to the feet of Barker. It's unlocked the door for Newcastle. Barker can cross in towards Gibson. Surely now they'll find the winner, and perhaps they have. In the 90th minute, Georgia Gibson has nodded it down into the bottom right. Two crosses, two goals, and Newcastle United might just have stolen their way to the final with a late, late goal in this one. And that will do it at St James's Park. It's Newcastle United, the home side, that are going to the WNL Cup final. Heartbreak for Portsmouth at the death. They've fallen short in the semi-final again. Jubilation for Newcastle. Agony for the Blues as the players drop to the turf. There's tears on the pitch from the Portsmouth players. A 90th minute goal, a sucker punch in St James's Park, the difference. And Georgia Gibson's header takes Newcastle United to the WNL Cup final. It finishes in the northeast. Newcastle United 2, Portsmouth 1.
one. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. Yeah, disappointing in the end, of course, for the Pompey women at St James's Park yesterday afternoon, defeated in the 90th minute to a fully professional outfit in the Newcastle United women, uh, leaders of the uh, Northern Division of the FA Women's National League Premier, uh, Premier Pompey, of course, leaders of the Southern Division. Very likelihood at this stage that both teams will be playing in the Championship next season. Nonetheless, a defeat on, Saturday, uh, on Sunday for Jay Sadler's side, but a good good showing and a, certainly a performance that the, the whole squad can be proud of and a great test as well against a, a team and the kind of calibre of opposition that should promotion be achieved this season they'll be coming up against from August, September onwards. Right, after the game we heard the reaction from that man Jay Sadler speaking about his team's performance. Jay, heartbreak at the death, your initial reflections on that one? Tough to take obviously losing it so late on. Um, I think when you look at the game as a whole, um, players can be extremely proud of the performance that they gave. Um, I think we, we limited them um, in that first half probably to set plays. Um, very dominant, early dominant team. Um, hit the crossbar a couple of times, tested Han. Um, and then second half, I think the game opened up a little bit more and we were able to play through them a bit more vertically. They also came into the game and, and they probably deserved the goal at the time. Um, but I thought our response was, was magnificent to the goal and then to, to get a moment for our fans and for us here um, at 1-1 and, and then you're going into the last minutes of the game and you're thinking there's going to be a chance. You felt there was going to be a chance and it's fallen to them. They've taken it and, and probably... Listen, as proud as I am, they're probably worthy winners for, for the performance. Um, but um, we're going, we're under no illusion. We're going up against a very, very good side who are, who are arguably championship ready. You mentioned the word response there. Um, it was a huge testament to the character of your side. How quickly they responded to falling behind in such an impressive atmosphere. Yeah, and I think we responded um, to, to the first whistle. First ten minutes, we were lively. We got the ball down. We played. We played through them. Um, we got pressure on the back line, and, and, and I think we, we introduced ourselves into the game really well. And um, when you go one down in, in an amphitheatre such as this with the noise um, it's quite easy for Newcastle fans to then suck the second the third the fourth and we didn't we took the sting out of the game we managed the game well we got our goal and then it was just about building on top of it but I think Newcastle's speed of play the speed of thought speed in the legs um, was superior at the end of the day it's a game of margins I don't think we're far off um, we, we obviously want to get to that level we want to get to the professional game um, and the players did themselves proud today you mentioned a, a full time out for there the legs for Newcastle how big of a factor do you think fitness played Massive factor, massive factor. I think that's the deciding factor. Ultimately, they their contact time. It's, it's their day job. Their contact time is 24, 25, 26 hours. For us, six hours. Um, we got players going into work tomorrow morning that are flying home from here. Um, but that that is where we're at at the minute, and we're really proud of where we've come. And now we, we can see where we want to get to, and I believe we're on the right we're on the right path to, to get to our destination. Our aim now is to make this game a championship fixture next year. We know Newcastle will probably be there, and, and for us now we've got seven cup finals left. Um, starting with a, with a massive game at Cardiff on Sunday. It might be a hard perspective to have so soon after the final whistle and while that pain's still fresh, but what an occasion for women's football today. Yeah, and I think it will take 48 hours probably um, to digest everything for me personally, for the staff, for the players, where we've come. Um, we were laughing before where, where we started seven and a half years ago, some players and staff five, four years ago, um, to where we are now. Um, but these are the moments that we embrace and the biggest thing I asked the players today was to enjoy it um, and to revel in every minute of it. So in 48 hours when the emotion does go, you can go, do you know what? I gave everything um, for the fans, for the club, for each other um, and now we need to bottle all that up, use it as energy now because we've got a league title to go and win. What lessons will your side take away from a day like today? 
think just being a bit more courageous on the ball. Um, I think um, our decisions, speed of speed of mind is, is the big thing. But we keep saying we're, we're still growing, albeit we've had a very good season. Um, but we've, we've been dealt a few harsh lessons um, against Southampton in the FA Cup, against Newcastle today. Um, but when you look back at it, both teams are... <laughs> a quality outfit um, and it's when we are competing in them it's it's about fine margins it's about the details with the ball it's about decision making with the ball um, but we're still growing and, and, and I know that there's going to be a, a lot that we can take from this and a lot we can build on If you're looking for silver linings I suppose it's full focus on the main objective now Yeah 100% and we would have loved to get to a cup final of course we would have um, this group players, staff we want to win every single game we play at, whether we're playing in front of 20,000 Geordies, we, we want to win. Um, that's what we wanted to do. We, we set up to spoil the party today. We didn't. Um, but now we've got a league to go, to go and win now. Um, we've got a massive game, massive game away at Cardiff at the weekend. That's going to be difficult. They're in good form. It's another away game with the travel. So managing the legs and the fatigue. Um, but like I said to the girls at the end and the staff, it's about bottling up this moment now and then using this as energy to, to feel the opposite side. We saw Newcastle, we saw how happy they were, the emotions at the end of the game and we want that to be us come the end of the season. And finally, a word on that small pocket of blue in the sea of black and white today. It was incredible, the hardy souls that travelled up from Portsmouth for this game. Mammoth journey, mammoth. Um, outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Um, to, to, to be leaving at 4am in the morning to get here yourself all the, all the fans up there superb and the, the noise was brilliant we needed their noise and their energy it came at the right moment um, and I'm really glad that, that we as a group could at least send them on with a memory and um, the what if what if we got another one we had chances towards the end we were putting balls into the box and, and what if but, but their commitment um, to this club from the men's from the women's is unique and, and as you alluded to off camera you've got two proper footballing cities here that, that back their teams all the way that are the, the football clubs that are beating out of the city and, and now for us, it's about giving them something to celebrate in the season. We had an email today while we were on air, a 12 and a 13-year-old girl that had flown at four o'clock in the morning to come watch your side play. Is that for you the ultimate prize, the legacy of this team? Yeah, that's what we do it for. That's the reason we get out of bed. That's the reason we do it. And we know we're still in our kind of embryonic growth of, of, of a team and where we want to get to. But um, for me, through all the emotion of winning and losing and drawing, it's about inspiring the next generation. And, and hopefully we've done that. Not only do we want to inspire younger players to, to play for this, for this fantastic football club but we want to send them home with memories and although we didn't send them home with a win today I, I, I'm hopeful that, that they'll be home proud with, with a performance that we put in for them Yeah, I, I'm sure they will, I certainly was Jay, um, yes, yeah, very big shame of course to get to the National League Cup semi-final, second season running uh, and be defeated but certainly no shame in, in the manner of it and particularly against the calibre of the opposition 22,307 supports at St James's Park yesterday, Tom Yes, a lot of them being Newcastle United supporters. They've got a, a very good following um, for, for their women's side as well. Just over 200 Pompey fans making the journey up to Tyneside. What what an effort that is. Yeah, I was just about to say, she massive effort for Pompey women and an equally massive effort from the 200 fans who, who made it up there. Some like yourself, Jake, have been at the Valley the day before as well. So massive credit there. You mentioned it before we went to the interview there. I think the gap between semi-pro and fully pro is probably the difference in the end. But yeah, yeah no, it's a... Uh, he said about the memories. I'm sure that's a memory that you'll uh, keep with you for, for a mm. long time to come. Absolutely. Uh, really great day at St James' Park. Big thank you um, to, to everyone who's associated with Pompey Women and uh, Newcastle United as well for allowing Express FM all of the access that we had on Sunday afternoon. It was a great occasion and, uh, yeah, really proud to deliver the action here on the station. Right, so Pompey's men next take on Oxford United this Saturday. Mark McGee also joining us. Final thoughts from yourself, Mark. Oxford on Saturday, maybe a bit of redemption and maybe Pompey can smell a little bit of blood after that that late equaliser at Bacassan just a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> look, I think uh, our home form at the moment is, uh, is is going really well. And I think, um, unless I'm mistaken, I'm pretty sure we sold out yet again for um, another Saturday game. And, you know, uh, I think the the atmosphere in particular from the fans at the moment is at an all-time high. And, you know, ticket sales are at an all-time high. The vibe is good. So, yeah, I can't see much past us, uh, yeah, getting a win, to be honest. And the fans are going to have such a big part to play, aren't they, Mark, on Saturday? You mentioned their sellout, or at least near sellout. It probably will be by the time Saturday rolls around. And the supporters to get on board from minute one to 90, carry the team over during what will be a very crucial 11-game period to get promotion over the line. The fans have got just as much of a, a big role to play as the 11 on the pitch do too. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think the fans have helped the players massively this season, but I think, you know, the players have helped the fans, you know, the mentality at the club, you know, we can see as fans has changed. I think it's pretty clear to see that from the top down, especially Richard Hughes being there, the mentality is just different. Players' uh, mentality is different. The the players who've signed have an elite mentality as well. And I think, you know, the fans can see that. And as a, as a result, you know, the, we're directly affected by that. So obviously we're willing to get behind the players more. They're playing more for the shirt. We're playing more with passion. There's more quality. The tactics are the tactics we want. So yeah, I think it, it, we're we're one big family, aren't we? We're working towards the same goal, which is achieving promotion. And from the Oxford side as well, it's it, they're a different beast under Dez. I know I mentioned that Nathan Jones is a, a, a different beast as a manager with Charlton. They haven't been great since Dez has come in. There's a, a, a real gap between them and, and the, the Liam Manning era that came before. So uh, two one Pompey for me, Jake. Prediction. Okay, well, it's a good prediction, but I'll take it. Thank you very much. Oh, you didn't want one? No. Well, that's all right. You've got, got, got one anyway. <laughs> Two Monday, got ages away yet. Tom, thank you very much. We're going to get um, the, the, the goodbyes from Tom and Mark soon. Pompey Live is back this weekend. When, Tom? From two. Here we go. Pompey Live. It was a mixed weekend for Portsmouth. And that's the final act of the game. And Portsmouth's winning run comes to an end. It's Newcastle United, the home side, that are going to the WNL Cup final. Pompey's men are back in action this Saturday as they host Oxford United. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from two. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM. Pompey Live. With Aquacars. Two. Run air from two o'clock Saturday afternoon. Pompey Live back on the airways to, for, for the visit of Oxford United to Fratton Park in Skybet League One. Big thank you to everyone for tuning in this evening and a big thank you to our two studio guests tonight as well. Tom Chappell, uh, pleasure to have you on the football, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me, as and always. Joining us over the airwaves too, Mr Mark McGee. Have a great evening, Mark, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again very soon. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Cheers. So that is it for now then. Your next Football Fix on Express FM comes this Wednesday evening from 6 o'clock. Henry Deacon with Over the White Line. All, all of you non-league news. And also have more reactions from that Pompey women's game up at St James's Park on Sunday as well. I'll be back on Friday night with two more Pompey fans to preview in detail Saturday's visit of Oxford United to Fratton Park in League One. Right, coming up next, the Soft Rock Show with Jeff Dorset. Until next time, Blues fans, take care and good night. <laughs>